when I am authentic and I'm fully present, that is when I am the most powerful. When I begin to shift and shrink back or not say something because, you know, somebody else might not like it, you know, I'm not, I'm not able to really serve people well in that place. Hello, I'm Rod Jans, and you're listening to FuelRadio.com, a show about transformations. Thanks for joining me, Isabel. You're welcome. I'm always glad to be with you, Rod. (laughs) Isabel and I did a series of about nine different things back in the fall uh, that were really good, all about marketing and her strategy. And today we want to talk about one of the clients that she has worked with, sort of with this new format that we're doing for Fuel Radio, where we talk to a a coach and a coachee. The, uh, The coachee, as people will hear, is... Kathleen O'Sullivan and the coach is Isabel Mercier Turcotte of Leap Zone Strategies. And Isabel, before we get started, why don't you just tell us a little bit about uh, your business and what you do for people, what you do for your clients? Yeah, yeah, you bet. Uh, well, I'm a brand strategist and a business performance catalyst, which means that I help people, I help brands, I help companies become the best, the first, or the only. And what that means is I'm a, I'm a differentiator, right? I help people differentiate themselves so that their clients and their prospects say, I would be a fool to work with anyone else but you, regardless of price. And, um, you know, it includes working with me one-on-one at our retreat center called Trailblazers here in the New Spain. And of course, there's a coaching component. There's a cosmetic rebrand component. So I work with clients. I look under the hood. Basically, I investigate themselves, their brand, their business, and uh, I look at what needs to be eliminated, automated, and uh, innovated. Do you call your company K-Shift? Yes. And tell me just a little, before we formally dive in, tell me just a little bit about your company and what you do. K-Shift is uh, a consultancy group, and we work with successful, fast-growing companies that are kind of in the $10 to $75 million range in revenue that are suffering from a growth hangover. (laughs) Uh, You know, like the, the CEO or the Typically, it's the owner because they're privately owned. Most of them are family owned. You know, they're at a point where they're kind of lying awake at night, exhausted from playing firefighter and babysitter instead of CEO. And, you know, they're at a point where they're realizing that they're really worried that they don't have the right team on board anymore. They're so afraid to fire them because they're loyal. And, you know, worst case, they're you know, they're really worried that their bottom line isn't going to survive their top line growth. So, you know, that's kind of what we're walking into. That's the niche that we have. It's not a particular industry. It's a stage of development. Kathleen was looking for someone to, uh, she had kind of reached a 
a peak in her own business. What do you remember about Kathleen when you first started working with her? Oh my God. You know, Kathleen, first of all, um, was we, I first started to work with her uh, through my Built to Rock program. So she uh, applied for Built to Rock. I, I saw right away a raw, like a, such a gem. This woman is a rock star, uh, in the making. And, and I recognize, you know, if there's something I do well is I recognize talent. That's not for nothing that people call me the camp, the Simon Cowell of branding. Um, Simon Cowell is crazy and I'll, I choose to take this as a compliment because he, um, he can, he, he has many things, but he can spot talent. And, um, she enrolled in my built to rock program and there's eight modules in the program. Well, in module two, this woman was gung ho and was wanting to work with me one-on-one. And that's something that's rare. Um, there, it takes a, a specific amount of courage and guts and vulnerability to be an awesome entrepreneur. And, uh, right away, you know, she's like, Isabel, I love the way you lead the calls, the, the, the coaching calls and build to rock everything you say, I want to eat it up and I am ready to work with you one-on-one. Do you have room in your one-on-one schedule? And you know, when someone like that is ready, you make room because this is, um, you know, it doesn't happen every day that someone of that caliber is ready to kick ass. I've read your bio and I can see that you were teaching and working for a nonprofit, but why don't you tell us, what were you doing before you started uh, K-Shift Consulting? Well, the common theme is disruption. So, you know, this, no matter what I've done, you know, I started out in the corporate world in employee development. I moved into the nonprofit arena where I was working with at-risk youth on workforce development, workforce preparation, went into the public arena, and then, you know, spent 12 years in public education uh, before I just completely hit the wall and, you know, had another, like, what do I really want to be when I grow up moment. And, you know, the common thread through all of it is how do we help people really show up in the most powerful way tapping into their strengths and, you know, really making sure that they're able to live out their full potential, you know, got to the point where after 12 years in public education, I decided I needed to do something different and ended up ironically back where I started in corporate in a consultant fashion, helping them, you know, put together a people strategy really, (laughs) that's kind of the the high level of it is, you know, how do we how do we create from the top down and the bottom up? How do we get everybody on the same page and doing what they do best and, you know, excited about where they're going? Well, I want you to tell us a little bit more about your business. But first of all, if I was to meet you on the street, uh, what would you tell me that you do? I am the person who helps people get a fresh perspective that whatever, wherever their current thinking is, their assumptions, the beliefs that they're holding on to that I really have this innate ability to, to help people challenge that and, and 
you know, get a fresh perspective that will really open up new possibilities that they couldn't see before. Is it a little bit like it's a, I guess it's business is like life, isn't it? We kind of settle in and we, <laughs> I heard one marketing consultant say, you can't read the writing on your own jar. And I thought that was a great description uh, of, of what, of what happens. And it sounds like that's what you do. You come along and give that fresh perspective and read the, help them read the writing outside of the jar and, and tell them what's, what's going on from an, from another viewpoint. Yeah, because they've been in that fast growth mode, so focused on building their business that they've really lost sight, in some cases, why they're even in that business. And they're questioning if they want to still be in that business because they're so burnt out. The reality is they've just lost sight. So, you know, having someone come in and help, you know, help ground them back into why they're doing what they're doing, where they want to go next, and you know, what they need, how they need to think differently in order to accomplish that and take a fresh perspective, fresh look at their organization, you know, because they've gone from a vision to an organization. And they, you know, like most entrepreneurs, they, they're the visionary, but they're not that great at running a business. And their business has grown to the point where it really is a business and they've typically got, you know, over a hundred employees and they just need someone to come in and kind of hold their hand and help them take a second look at, at what they're doing and reframe, recalibrate and get moving again in a way that as I, I, <laughs> say to them, imagine if you could create surprisingly effortless and profitable growth, which is completely not where they're at. And, and, and I get the deer in the headlights. They're like, what? Yeah. Is that, say that again, you know, surprisingly effortless. How could this be effortless? And I'm like, you know, when you're working so hard and you don't know why you're doing it and you're completely burned out, yeah, effortless seems, you know, impossible. That being said, when things are working smoothly, you could be working, putting in a lot of effort, time and, and whatnot, but it can feel effortless when you're in the zone. So describe your one-on-one -on -one coaching. I'm sure people are interested and it sounds like it's not for everybody necessarily. You're, and knowing you, you're probably a little bit choosy or that's not quite the right word, but you have, oh, it is. You have your standards <laughs> and who, and who you will work with. So, uh, how did, how did Kathleen get through? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, first of all, I have a fairly lengthy needs assessment process, right? So I said to Kathleen, even though she was already a client from Build to Rock, I said, Kathleen, here's, you need to go fill out that needs assessment. And that gives me a lot more of, um, you know, a lot more information about where my client is at, what's working well, what's not working well, and what's missing in order for them to feel complete, feel on purpose, and also feel rewarded professionally, personally, and profitably for their genius, right? For what they're doing. And so she, you know, she passed with flying colors, this needs assessment. And um, the whole coaching process, if in my 
for my brand, right? How I, I've created a, a particular coaching process called the Leap, Leap Zone Elevator. And it starts with a, a, a few days of strategy days at our retreat center here in the News Bay. So literally, I spent two days, two nights, um, two, I don't know how many meals. And it's solely about Kat's business. It's well, Kathleen. I'm going to, I call her Kat because we're, we're, we're buddy, buddy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know all the ins and outs of her business. So, you know, I, I, I love to submerge myself in my client's business because I need to understand again, as I said, what's going well, what's not going well and when, what needs to be innovated or elevated. And it allows for, Kathleen to have a much greater understanding of what makes her different. So we first work on the brand foundation, the business model, the business architecture. Basically, I make sure that the structural components of the business is actually sound because there's no point of adding a second floor to a house that has a poor foundation, right? So that's what the initial work is about. And then uh, my coaching uh, always includes, obviously, coaching every month, both with uh, Luciano and I, which is Luciano is a is a, a coach that works with Leaves on Strategies, and we have quarterly planning sessions. So every quarter, we sit down and we strategize again with the client and go, okay, what have we accomplished in quarter one? What needs to be, you know, elevated or tweaked or corrected, course corrected? What do we want to accomplish in Q2 in quarter two? So my coaching it revolves around strategy, also around creating momentum and clarity on a day to day basis um, and also restructuring as we go forward. Should there needs to be uh, some some course correction through more strategy sessions? So it's all about gaining the clarity that we need to move forward creating the pivotal shifts that are needed to leverage our time and become more profitable and also creating the momentum that we need and the accountability that one needs to make it happen. And uh, Rod, I have many coaches to help me in many different areas. And uh, without a coach, I truly, well, if I may say, my head would be up my ass more often. Right? So <laughs> that's the whole you know, it's the whole part people go, Isabel, but you're so good at what you do. Why do you need a coach? I am so good because I have a coach, right? I'm, I'm obviously good at the core as well, but without a coach, I've been without a coach for a year or two and uh, not pretty. Provide us with a little bit of history of your own business and how you got to the point where you reached out to Isabel. Okay, so 2003, I incorporated... And I spent the first many years in a mindset of an independent contractor. And like most entrepreneurs, really didn't think about it as a business. Certainly didn't you know, feel like I had all the tools to run a business. And so I, you know, I was very successful in terms of you know, getting clients, keeping clients, uh, they were experiencing, you know, some real significant shifts and the, you know, the results they were getting, especially their bottom line were fantastic. And I got to a point where I realized that, you know, there's only so much that I can do individually 
there's only so many hours of a day. There's only so many people you can work with. And that if I was going to grow my business beyond where I was at, I was going to have to think very differently. And I was going to have to, I needed someone to do for me what I was doing for my clients and really help me step back and look at how can I get better at really marketing, you know, my business to really getting, I always thought I was really clear about what I did and uh, how I explained it. And yet I really wasn't. And so I was at that point where I realized that I was pretty much stuck in my business and that I needed someone that could disrupt, you know, for me, my current thinking, uh, how I was operating my business and get me on the right track. Describe that stuckness a little bit. Like what were you feeling and what were some of the signs that you were, you were stuck? Well, I was doing everything. I mean, everything from being the secretary to the accountant to the, you know, the business development, the marketing, the branding, the every aspect of the business fell on my shoulders. And while I was good at and had some skills to do those things, I was, you know, starting to feel like I was a slave to my business. And I was definitely in the you know, 24, seven, 365 mode, uh, which takes its toll on me personally, on my marriage, my family, just feeling like I don't know how much longer I can do this or that I want to do this. And so what do I need to, you know, when I was actually with clients and, and engaging with them, I was like, I love this. The minute I got in the car and went back home or to my office, I was like just dreading what it was going to take to keep this going. So we're, we're touching on it a little bit here. It seems like with Kathleen, she just needed some help with uh, focus. She was spread so thin and doing so many things that she lost her joy for doing business. Like she enjoyed the consultative part of it. She enjoyed working with people, but then, you know, she'd have to go back and do paperwork and all that kind of stuff. She was at that critical point, I think, for a lot of entrepreneurs where they need to hire someone. <laughs> so maybe you could, I know there's a question in there somewhere, but maybe you could comment on that. Like, I think there's a mm -hmm. lot of entrepreneurs at that point where uh, they've lost their love of their business. They're, they're making money but the joy is out of it because they're not really focusing in on their genius or I should really leave that up to you. How, how would you describe that situation or what advice would you give to people? Or what did you tell Kathleen? Because I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs that get to that place. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, yeah, 97% to be precise, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people get to that point and they get to that point because the, one, their business architecture is not set up for them to thrive. So they don't have the right key ingredients in the right places to actually allow them 
to focus on their genius. And I'm not saying focus on your genius and delegate the rest. I mean, we've heard this a thousand times and part of it is true, but you can't just delegate the rest. You have to first understand what's necessary. A lot of it is not necessary. We think it is, but it actually isn't. And the second part that is really, this is my differentiator actually in terms of being a coach is that I understand branding. I'm a brand strategist. And I understand business architecture and business model. And I know that most people spread themselves thin because they're talking to the whole jungle, because they're not clear about what makes them different. They're not clear on their positioning and what is the one thing that they want to really be remembered for or want to create a ripple effect for. And as all consultants or most consultants Kat is awesome. She's really, really good. She's good at what she does, but she's doing too, again, hands in too many cookie jars. And so we focused her, her theme, her X factor, her secret sauce. We basically uncovered that together. And when, when one understands the one thing that they're on earth for and the one thing that they're meant to be helping other people for and creating impact towards, it's amazing how much focus this brings to them, how much joy and wings, basically. It brings wings for people. And it was so much easier. Then it becomes easier to get clients, to attract clients that are fueling you rather than dimming your bulb. And But that requires assistance to get to the core of what it is that you, cat, or you, whomever you are out there listening are meant to be doing and meant like what is that genius and to who who deserves and needs and wants to actually be in touch with that genius when one knows that it's it really it takes the business it, this is what happens when you can actually double and triple your revenue without killing yourself over it without doubling and tripling your workload I want to get into some of the changes that happened as you worked with Isabel, but it's always interesting to hear about maybe some of the first steps and the first meeting and some of that. Can you can you describe your first conversation with her and uh, what, what it was like for you? Well, as I said, I, I had been working with another coach for some time and, you know, very corporate minded and kind of conservative and <laughs> I'm laughing because I know Isabel quite well. So I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was like, I had invested a lot of money, <laughs> which is, and you know, again, the advice was good. The materials were solid, but I was less like, blah, 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 blah. You know, this just wasn't, didn't have the energy around it that, that fit for me as this like ultimate disruptor. <laughs> so of course, you know, the minute I, you know, picked up the phone and connected with, with Isabel, you know, her energy was completely different and completely in sync with my own. I mean, it was like a love fest. <laughs> and, you know, the, when we first got together uh, for, 
a two-day strategy session up in Vancouver with she and, and her colleague, Luciano. After the first hour or so, he was like, oh, my God, I feel like I am dealing with 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 two uh, two Isabels. You know, this is going to be wild and crazy. And and I loved it. I mean, it, it was like, you know, really an opportunity for me to, to become more authentic because I just felt like I had morphed back, gone backwards in terms of authenticity, trying to fit a mold that made sense, but it wasn't me. And so, you know, the first phone call, the first in-person meeting, I think it was just such a relief and an affirmation, like, it's okay to be like that, you know, <laughs> and, and that that is my, my magic. That is what my clients love, the fact that I am fun, I am funny, I, you know, have a certain energy about me, and, and they love it. And, and it's quite a contrast to most, quote, consultants out there. And so I think it was such a, an affirmation to finally find someone that was, you know, truly what I want to be when I grow up and that that's okay and that that is what's going to make me stand out from everybody else. So it sounds like business was going well, but it was just all of the you were you were giving yourself to so many different you were spread so thin that yeah. uh you were losing your you were losing your joy you were happy while you were working with clients but uh yeah when you had to return to the office and and do all of the administrative work it sounds like that was really just sucking the life out of you yeah the admin the operational the financial you know so so part of it was you know and when i wasn't working i was feeling guilty for not working. You know, if I dared to take an hour off, let alone a day off, I was feeling guilty because there was always so much piling up that, you know, I couldn't give myself permission to really relax and enjoy something aside from work. From your side of the relationship with Kathleen, do you recall some of the things that you started to work on initially? Absolutely. Right away, we, we, we first understood, we uncovered who it is that she is born to help. And then we uncover what are these people that this type of company, the company size, the CEO and all that, really understanding who that is, writing a story about that actually. So meet Bob. Bob has a corporation with a hundred employees and Bob is completely overwhelmed because, and we, 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 we tell the story about who Bob is. And then we went into what is Bob's top of mind problem or few top of mind problems. And we discovered that these CEOs, their biggest challenge is to work with millennials even if despite absolutely needing millennials in their business. And she happens to, by nature, be a great bridge to teach the older generation of CEOs to actually embrace and leverage the millennials 
and teach the millennials to actually work in an environment that will be leverageable for both parties. And when you start focusing on something like that, you get that the focus of your business is becoming a lot clearer and your actions are becoming a lot narrower and the ability to generate money. She's, I believe she's doubled her business right now. I don't have the black and white numbers, but she, if, if she hasn't already, she's on a trajectory to absolutely do this right now, this year, you know, she said that she did. Yep. She said that. She yeah. Did. I'm, I'm pretty sure she did. Yeah. So yeah. literally it's all about, and, and I normally all, I always know that. Um, and this, this particular case, you know, we haven't had the final numbers, so I didn't want to potentially say something on air that yeah. was not a hundred percent true, but I would have been surprised that she not doubled her business. And by the way, more effortlessly with more ease than then had she not even doubled it and continued working the way she was working. So what were some of the challenges that you decided to address when you first started working with Isabel? Well, the first thing was identifying who I needed to bring on board to take those administrative things off my shoulders. So, you know, it was about contracting with an accountant and, you know, I actually hired my first employee and that has just been transformational. Uh (laughs) Uh, You know, so having someone help me and give me permission, like I needed it to look at how I, what would it look like for my business to run in a way that would lead to that surprisingly effortless growth for me and to systematically, you know, lay that out, paint the picture, like actually create avatars for the people that I wanted to have on my team that would give me that relief and, and allow me to really be in that more joyful state more often than not. <laughs> so, you know, that was that was part of it was just t- stepping back. Uh, you know, it's the go slow to go fast strategy, which I talk about a lot with my clients is, you know, we need to we need to slow down and really figure out what it is we want and then and then figure out how we go and create that. You mentioned earlier your your genius, and I, I know Isabel talks about that as well. Did you know that going in that your your real genius and what gave you life was working with the clients, or did did that come out more? Or I, I would imagine Isabel encouraged that, or just kind of if we imagine it as a, as an ember, she kind of blew on that. <laughs> or, yeah, she definitely <laughs> you know blew on it. Uh, brought it to life. I mean, I remember, you know, when we were in that first strategy session and she was like, okay, let's just say you could do whatever you want. What would that be? And I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't even given myself permission to think that in so long. And, you know, what really came out was I, you know, when I feel the most alive and when I believe I'm delivering, when I see evidence that I am delivering and people are receiving in the most powerful way, getting the most value is when 
I'm doing kind of a retreat-like environment where off-site, where we have two or three days where we can really dig deep in terms of, you know, starting with their mindset and, you know, where they, again, you know, like for them, really painting the picture of where they want to be and seeing what the gap is and thinking more creatively and helping them see the things that they can't see, connect the dots that they can't connect because they're just too darn close. And when I'm in that environment, I just feel like I'm on fire, (laughs) you know, and they come away just, you know, in a completely different space than where they, you know, where they were at the beginning. So just, you know, having that opportunity to think about what would that really look like? And yeah, that's what I wanted. That's where I'm going. So how do I get there? And then it became more the practical aspects of, okay, if that's where you really want to be, then how do we create it? And, you know, what kind of shifts do you need to make in your mindset around that? And, you know, who do you need to get on board so that you can continue to serve the clients? You know, because I, my clients are year long contracts and most of my clients I've had for four or five years. So we're doing long-term, deep, organizational-level work from the top down, the bottom up, and everything in between. And so in order to, if I want to continue to deliver that type of um, engagement, who do I need to bring on board to be able that I can entrust that they're going to be able to deliver in the operational level so that I can stay in that trusted advisor, strategic retreats, level things where I'm loving it, they're loving it, and it's setting the stage for that other work that other people can do. You know, so there was the who do I need in terms of independent contractors that I can bring in to fit the right people with the right contracts And then what support do I need day to day in my business? So at this point, I, I really do believe for the first time that I can see, I can see that coming to life. And it's, it's very exciting. it's been the most difficult part of this transformation for for cat and for cat now i'm calling her cat for kathleen <laughs> i know for <laughs> kathleen um you know i think owning the transformation owning it uh it's one thing to know it it's a different thing to own it and cat is truly she truly is an ideal client i mean I feel very honored to um, be on her team and to uh, help her move forward. And she's actually coming to Trailblazers uh, in a few months, and I I really look forward to that. The difficult part for, for Kathleen and for most people is when you work with a good coach and the coach um, uncovers key, key things about who you are and what your business is meant to be doing. And then you align what you do with that, there is a soul, I call it a soul delay. 
it's either you've surpassed already your business and you need your business model needs to catch up to you or you're you're propelling your business services and business model forward and your soul has to catch up to it and um i think that cat's soul needed to catch up to it and she's doing such an amazing job at doing it i communicate with her on voxer every week and um i congratulate her 99% of the time like truly she is um she is an implementer she believes that she can do it she is not afraid of getting the work done and she implements affirmations such as the smarter i work the more purposeful joy i bring to my business the more profitable i become one of her tagline in fact uncovering her tagline was one of the things that we did together it's surprisingly effortless growth surprisingly effortless growth that goes for her as well and she was she's been surprised herself at her effortless growth and again when you have the proper support the proper mentorship someone who can guide you and keep you focused and accountable always towards a, the a, a strategy that is aligned with who you are and what you believe in you can't go wrong just i i know i'm jumping around a little bit but how were the struggles that you were having before you met Isabel, how were they affecting you? Like you mentioned that it might might have been affecting you at home, which I know is kind of a personal thing. But have you are you beginning to notice a sort of a before and after in the way that the struggles that you're having before were affecting you and, and the relief from those struggles now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I one of the one of the mantras I have, I have a little, you know, one of those uh, stickies that you can put on your computer screen and one of them is the more time I take off, the more money I make. I operate with ease, lightness, and trust. You know, those are were like not even in my mindset that that could be possible. And and you know, there are still times when I go, really, really. But the reality is, I am taking time off. I've I've pretty well you know, said, I'm not working on Sundays unless it's really a, you know, something that can't be rescheduled for something else. And if I'm working on Saturday, it's because I want to work because I'm working on something creative, not administrative. It seems like Isabel really has that figured out. Yeah, I'm amazed at the amount of time she takes off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I am... We have, uh, my husband uh, is, is pretty much retired, and so he's also helping, helps me, supports me however I need it in my business. But, you know, he'd like to have more time that we could be doing what we love. And we have, we have a boat up in Northern California uh, on the California Delta. And last year, a year ago, we were lucky if we were getting up there maybe maybe two, maybe three times a year for a long weekend. And this year, I've been, we've been going up there more like almost once a month for a long weekend. 
you know, not just like leave on Friday, come back on Monday, more like five to seven days every month or two, which that has just been amazing. It's like, we've got it. It's sitting there. Let's. And, and so I use that as kind of my retreat time, my deeper thinking time. So I, you know, I do do some quote work when I'm up there, but it's work that's more reflective and strategic and creative. And it's in a really nice environment. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's, that's been huge. And, and I have Saturday night on my calendar for date night. So we, you know, we're doing more of like actually going out and doing something together on a regular basis. So it, it's, it's really changed. It's flipped things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's got to be good. Describe that feeling. I mean, it's got to be, it's got to feel good to your husband as well that you're, you're taking that time off. Oh yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's like, I'm not, my whole life isn't, you know, revolving solely around work, other things that we're doing together and talking about and, you know, our kids are grown, so we don't have kids at home. But, you know, what replaced the kids was work. So it's like work is my other husband. <laughs> <laughs> no more. It was. It, it really has has shifted my thinking, my mindset about what's possible in that, that I can see that now that I, I have administrative help, accounting help, other independent contractors that I can call um, as needed that I have resources, you know, yeah. I have people. And, and when something needs to be done, instead of me automatically thinking I have to do it, it's like who else could do it? So I'm, I'm now the, the latest thing is I am, how can I make my business run in a way that it's not cat dependent that I could disappear for a month or two and the, the business would still thrive. What's been the most difficult part of your transformation? I know transformations aren't easy and sometimes there's things that people will give us advice or you know, coach us on and we'll think we, it makes sense to us, but to actually believe it, trust it, put it into practice can be really hard. Is there something, was it trusting that you could take that time off or was it trusting uh, your employees, uh, you know, and, and delegating things? Was there, was there one thing, one or two things that were the most difficult to, for you to, to embrace and to implement? Well, I think the biggest thing is habit overcoming, you know, habitual behavior, <laughs> you know, even though I knew it wasn't productive, it wasn't healthy, when it's, it's the way I've been, you know, for a long time. So even though in my head, I'm like, yeah, I can, that makes sense. I could, I could take time off, I could, you know, operate differently. Just realizing that so much of this is entrenched in my behavior and my habits. So creating new habits to replace the old, you know, I think has frankly been the most challenging. It's, you know, getting out of that knee jerk reaction of, you know, how we've always done things. I mean, just from even my morning routine, 
you know, how do I, how do I, how do I lay out my day in a way that, you know, is more productive and, and where I'm more centered and focused and, you know, the discipline. Oh, that's, that's the other thing. The other thing I had on my, on my computer for the longest time is discipline is freeing and easy. Discipline <laughs> is freeing and easy <laughs> because, you know, a lot of this is we just get in the habit of doing things and we need to be, I needed to be more disciplined in my thinking, in my planning and in my execution and to, you know, heighten my awareness of what are the things that are getting in the way of that and what do I need to do differently? What do I need to stop doing? What do I need to keep doing because it's working and what are some new things that I need to be doing? That's huge. So what are some other obvious results that you've seen that have been achieved in the last year that, uh, that have happened while you've been working with Kathleen? Yeah, well, in addition to doubling her business, um, she has gained an insane amount of credibility exactly in the market that she wants to bloom and flourish in. Um, something happens when one becomes really clear. It's that whole um, factor of, let's say you want to buy yourself uh, a Volkswagen, a red Volkswagen bug, and you know you haven't seen any in forever. Suddenly you decide that that's the vehicle you want, and now you're going to see at least two, three a day. It's the same principle that applies for that. When she became really, really clear about what she brings to the world and to who, all amazing opportunities showed up. And they just they just didn't show up like this. They she attracted them, right? So she also hired an assistant. Um, that assistant is absolutely fantastic. Um, it's helped her create, elevate and go deeper in creating her certification program, her program for her clients. She is light years ahead of where she was at when we first started working together from understanding her process to understanding her value to, uh, she voxed me one day, um, saying, Oh my God, Isabel, I'm at the bank. I'm depositing a fat, large, large check. And it's the most amount of money I've ever deposited in one go. And that's as a result of working together. You know, it's as a result of her being amazing. Obviously, I'm not taking all the credit here. If she wasn't the rock star that she is, there would be results, but it wouldn't be that that great of results, right? So, so many things from having more money to taking more time off to spending more time with her husband to enjoying her day to day to learning how to focus and, and implement bubble time to having someone who's helping her now um, deliver her genius and, you know, to doubling her, her profit, uh, not profitability, but uh, revenue. And actually we, we have a strong pulse on her profitability. And as she's moving forward, I wouldn't be surprised if she actually doubled her profitability, let alone her revenue. I don't really care about revenue, by the way. I care about profitability. And where are you going? What are some goals for your company? Well, my immediate goal 
is to get my business where the day-to-day is is simple, it's streamlined, and that whenever I bring on a new client, a new staff member, a new independent contractor, that I'm not reinventing the wheel every time. That I have systems in place, the processes that make it easily replicable, that I'm not, like I said, not reinventing the wheel all the time. And I thought that was an amazing goal, and and it is. And I'm in the midst of that as we speak and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with my new staff member working with me on that. The thing that's shocking to me is for the first time, I can actually see where I have the intellectual property and when I have all this systematized that five years from now, if I choose to sell my business, I could do it and it would be very valuable. I couldn't even imagine. That wasn't even on my radar screen as a possibility. Just another question that's kind of popping to mind here. I've never, I don't think I've ever asked anyone else this, but is there anything that you've learned from Kathleen? Uh, along the way. I think sometimes we think, oh, the coach has all the answers. And I know you have a lot of, you've got this thing figured out. You've got business and and branding figured out. But is there anything that you've learned from Kathleen that you can think of? Yeah. And it's not anything else. It's what I just mentioned for me, that the lightness, bringing lightness to a process is, um, is totally key. And she's got that dialed in I'm telling you and so just watching her um, has taught me to bring more fun and more uh, more lightness to the process because we all tend to take things a little too seriously business is just a game after all you know it's a game and you either become a master at playing the game or you know the game will throw you out of of the rink but um, literally you know adding adding more play and she's also a reflection for me on taking things, you know, or taking the time to stop. You know, the, if I compare, I, I just worked with a client right now that is absolutely right now incapable of stopping. And uh, Kat initially, it was all about go, 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 right? And and in in teaching her to stop and to take some time off and to increase her own quality of life. It's always a reminder for me to do the same. I mean, I do walk my talk, but I'm human. And, you know, we all go through more difficult periods and periods where we're, you know, crazy busy. And as I, as I remind her of these things and as I help her be more accountable to her quality of life, that is always a great reminder for my own. Was there any sort of major inspiration that you received from Isabel? I know there's things that we often know. You've, you've described this already a little bit that you knew these things, but you just needed someone to maybe point it out to you again. What, what would you see? What would you say is sort of the major piece of inspiration that you've received from Isabel? I would say it really comes down to helping, helping me see my authentic self. And not in any way squashing that because it, quote, doesn't fit somebody else's picture. So 
I came into this with a rather bizarre premise. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's so ridiculous, but it's so true. And it's that, you know, here I've spent my entire, I've invested my entire life being a disruptor in the most positive sense of going in and helping to shake things up in a way that creates new possibilities that nobody could even imagine. So the challenge is that at the same time, I was on this never ending quest for approval, you know, looking, looking for everybody to give me that attaboy, that external validation that what I was doing was awesome. And frankly, those two things just don't go together. You know, when you're out disrupting people's universe, most of them aren't going to, at least initially, they're not going to be patting your back and singing your praises and saying, oh, thank you for disrupting my life um, and my business, you know. So I think part of it, the, the aha for me was even just recognizing the craziness of that premise <laughs> and that, that I need to just show up. I need to show up authentically. And when I do, when I am authentic and I'm fully present, that is when I am the most powerful. When I begin to shift and shrink back or not say something because, you know, somebody else might not like it, you know, I'm not, I'm not able to really serve people well in that place. And, and so working with Isabel, especially because, again, she is my kindred spirit, my soul sister, seeing her being so authentic to who she is. And I, you know, there's a lot of people that probably didn't care for that. I know that. And I could see it in her like, well, that's okay. You know, because she is who she is. And that's what makes her special. You know, it's like seeing it in, in her gave me permission to embrace more of who I am. And not worry about whether everybody's going to like it or not. So how how's it felt to figure that out? It seems like you had this, I guess we all do, <laughs> but you've been able to accomplish it. It sounds like you're really embracing it. How, how does it feel to have all of that figured out that, you know, you can, you can be your authentic self? Well, I'm sleeping better at night. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it feels more congruous. You know, I don't feel any of that conflict internally you know I feel like I am being authentic and you know and I'd like to say I'd like to say I got that all figured out and I think I've come a long long way in that you know but I was joking the other day that <laughs> you know after almost 50 years of self-discovery and supposed enlightenment and all of that uh, I'd like to think that I've arrived but we were leaving the theater the other night on our date night and I had my parking ticket and the gal, as I was walking out the door saying, Hey honey, do you need validation? And you know, there was still part of me that was thinking, hell yeah. <laughs> and I'm not talking about my parking ticket. You know? <laughs> there, you know, there's always a bit of that internal struggle to really not look to the external for validation and, and to be, you know, satisfied to be totally congruent with yourself, authentic, and know that 
the people that you're meant to serve are going to resonate with that and they're going to love it just like it's been true with with Isabel you know when i see when i saw that i knew that i knew that i knew that she was the right person for me and to the degree that i'm being that authentic i'm going to be attracting the people that will be saying yeah that's the person i need to work with i've i've done other things and it's yeah it might have helped a little here and there but you know i finally found that person that totally gets me and can help me go to the next level Do you have a client story that you can share with us? Sure. One of the companies that I've worked with now going on five years uh, is in the sports entertainment arena. And they went from one location to acquiring six others. So they all of a sudden had seven were independently owned and operated family businesses that were now a company under one umbrella. And it's uh, their skating rinks. And some of them are ice skating rinks and some of them are inline. And not only did we have the challenge of melding from seven cultures to one company, there was also this hierarchy of ice hockey, inline hockey, figure skating, and public skating in that order. Uh, so bringing, trying to create an environment where everyone was seeing themselves as one, you know, one organization. And over the, you know, initial couple of years that I worked with them, they, they grew 67%. And they, you know, they really have become, frankly, a model. Something that's never been done in the country is bringing together ice and inline and having, you know, multiple rinks under one ownership in a successful venture. And so the NHL, the National Hockey League, is really paying attention to that. And we are in the process of, in January, breaking ground on a new site that will, you know, significantly increase, probably double their revenue and will potentially be a, um, an Olympic figure skating training site and a training site for the Anaheim Ducks, which is the umbrella that we're working under is, you know, how do we, the, the, che- the whole reason for this project was to heighten the visibility of hockey in Southern California. Now I know up there in Canada, you know, <laughs> it's a big thing, but in Southern California, in L- in the LA area, not so much. And, you know, it was to, you know, really build the brand of the ducks and heighten people's awareness of ice hockey and season ticket holders for the Honda center, which was really visionary on the owner's part was using these skating rinks to do all that. And I feel like we have really accomplished that big time and gotten national attention for it. And now, like I said, breaking ground on a, a 
hundred million dollar project to expand the uh, everything I described. Yeah. So it's it's been really satisfying because it it has been a top down bottom up. Their uh, engagement levels, their employee engagement levels, have gone through the roof. You know, which is what's contributed to that bottom line. Needless to say. So it's been a very gratifying long-term project that is continuing, and that's the kind of thing that that I love, you know, to see those kind of results and to know that you're really making a difference, and not only to the company as a whole, but each of the employees that are there that now feel like they, you know, really have a, a vision and mission and purpose, and they're not just there collecting a paycheck. Thanks again to Kathleen O'Sullivan and Isabel Mercier-Turcotte for joining us on this episode of the Fuel Radio Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our guests, please see our show notes at fuelradio.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. 